Be Coastal at the Boatyard Restaurant, located at 1515 Southeast 17th Street Causeway in Fort Lauderdale. Here, you'll feel part of the yachting tradition of South Florida as you experience the Boatyard's hooked-table, seafood-eccentric menu with fresh catches listed by name of the fisherman who caught them. The Boatyard's open kitchen is also known for premium grilled cuts of meat and a menu that's sourced from local ingredients. Sit inside in modern nautical-themed rooms or dockside and watch the boats cruise by as you enjoy lunch, dinner, and Sunday brunch. Monday through Friday, the locals know that the Boatyard's happy hour is the best place to gather for bar bites and handcrafted cocktails at great prices. And don't miss out on Ladies' Night every Thursday. Call ahead to book your reservation today at 954-525-7400. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Captain Jeff. And uh, you are listening to the Real Guy Podcast. This is a podcast for real guys, made by real guys. Today, Stephen Busak is in the studio. Stephen, good to have you. Thanks for having me back, man. It's been a while since we did a podcast, you and I. Or at least it feels like it has been. It's been a couple of three weeks. Yeah, it's good to be back, man. Ever since um, you know, the sewage issues and stuff, um, we really haven't done a podcast that, um, I don't know. Just kind of a little bit more of a lighter tone. More serious-minded. It was, you know, always like a big deal, you know, ever since these emergencies and associations and city meetings and all that kind of crap. It's kind of, yeah, I figured maybe we'd do something a little bit lighthearted. Like what? Now, I was thinking about it. One thing that we don't really talk about too much in our podcast is music. You know what I mean? Like the kind of music that we listen to. Well, what are you listening to? I mean, right now, I'll be honest, I've been on a big reggae kick. Like, I've been listening to Barrington Levy, You Got Me Into Him, um, Freddie McGregor, Buju Bantan. I don't know, I'm just on a reggae kick right now, dude. What about you? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I've been listening to, like, a ton of music just recently. But, I don't know. Like, I got different types of music that I'll listen to. I've been listening to more podcasts than music lately. Like, I've forced myself to listen to podcasts. But there's times, like, there's certain music that I listen to, like, on my way to go fishing. You know what I mean? Like, kind of gets me in the mindset to get to work that day or that kind of thing. And um, that could be, like, a host of things, but... If I'm really trying to like build up some intensity for the, like uh, the day's work that I'm getting ready to do, I'll do um, I'll do those long-winded songs by like the Almond Brothers, like Ramblin' Man, like Ramblin' Man. That was or, a good one. Or Whipping Post, yeah, or whatever. But you know, long guitar solos and it's like Pink Floyd too. And not so much Pink Floyd. I got to get like you know a little bit more, um, a little bit more energy. You know, I'm getting ready for my fishing trip, so I'm rolling down A1A. And, um. Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. Pink Floyd puts me to sleep, dude. I can't listen to them. I think Pink Floyd is for stoners. Yeah. And other people that, you know. Ex stoners. Yeah. That are uh, one with the herb. The, uh. Are the kids listening to Pink Floyd? Yeah. Believe it or not, a lot of my generation is listening to the Floyd. I was never that crazy about the Floyd. I got to tell you, though, dude. 
The Floyd I wasn't really into. A lot of that like psychedelic stuff, I can't get into that stuff. What about uh, Grateful Dead? Can't do it. Can't do Grateful Dead? Oh, I can't do it. What about Fish? I never listen to Fish. They're kind of like Grateful Dead-ish. Are they like kind of like a dead-like? <laughs> They're tie-dyed-ish. Tie-dyed-ish? <laughs> tie-dyed-ish. I've never heard of that. <laughs> well. Yeah, what, about, what about Hard Rock? You listen to any Hard Rock? Um, no. None? Well, it's not like I don't listen to any, but like I don't do radio anymore. See, I, the thing that surprises me is like you're you're from you were born in Boston. I'm surprised you're not like a big Aerosmith fan. <laughs> Dude, Boston's a weird place for music. You'll go up to Boston and um, you'll hear songs that you haven't even thought about in like 20 years, and they'll pay they'll play them two or three times a day on these rock stations and stuff, and it's like. Only in Boston will you hear that kind of stuff. There were some really unique ones that came out of Boston, though. If you like, like Aerosmith, Donna Summer, come out of Boston. Did Donna Summer come out of Boston? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then remember that band, The Cars? Yeah. They came out of Boston. Did Boston come out of Boston? And Boston came out of Boston. (laughs) Like, I'm definitely not listening to Boston. Like the the group. You don't like Boston the band? No, I like them, but I'm just like I haven't listened to any Boston the band since the last time I was in Boston. Really? And that's what I mean. They'll play shit like that up there. Well, yeah, I mean they got to represent. They'll play Peter Frampton on the radio. They'll play Kiss songs on the radio. See, that's another band I couldn't get into was Kiss. And you and I were talking about that earlier. I guess you were part of the Kiss Army when you were younger. I wasn't necessarily part of the Kiss Army, but when I was young. All right, my first three eight tracks <laughs> was Rod Stewart, Hot Legs. That was a big one. Then it was Kiss One and Peter Frampton. Those three um, eight tracks were like huge in the in the in the seventies, late seventies. Rod Stewart had some good ones. What do you mean had some good ones? Rod Still Stewart. got some good ones. Rod, everybody likes Rod Stewart. People like Rod Stewart and don't even know they like they Rod like Stewart. They like Rod Stewart. Yeah. And then who else? Peter Frampton. Um, what's the one that he's known for? Baby, I Love Your Way? Yeah, he's got a half a dozen that he's really known for. But, um, you know, Frampton's a Fort Lauderdale local. He was, well, he was born in England, though, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's a Fort Lauderdale local. Like, really? Like He's been hanging out. Um, on Fort Lauderdale Beach for like shit 30, 40 years just rolling down A1A I think he's got a place um, or had a place anyway like over by the Galt really? yeah and then um, years ago when I had my bar or whatever at any given point you'd, you'd, you'd see Peter Franklin no kidding matter he used fact, to come in? yeah As a matter of fact somebody was like do you know who that is down there at the end of the bar? And um, I'm like, no. And he's like, that's Peter Frampton. And I haven't seen, like, at that point, this is, you know, this is a long time ago, but at, <coughs> at that point, I pictured Peter Frampton as the same teenager-type-looking dude that I saw sing live, you know, on TV. And it was this little short, fat, bald dude at the end of the <laughs> bar, and that was Peter Frampton. You didn't even know it was him. And I had no clue. And he used to come into the bar, like, quite a bit. Did you ever talk to him? Yeah. Was he a cool dude? Yeah, he's awesome. But um, 
let's just say like I never would have known that was Peter. Peter it was Fred. it was that hard to recognize him? Yeah, big time. Well, dude, you dude, know he who, was bald. <laughs> Peter Frampton looked like Jesus on the front of the album. The long well, hair. Yeah, he had the long curly hair and right. freaking um and he used to have like his shirt like kind of open and he was thin dude he was skinny, and everything. Right. Yeah. So I did not think that that was Frampton, but it was. You know who else used to I guess hang out in Lauderdale? Lamont was telling me was uh, Jimmy Page used to have a house right on the intercoastal. Jimmy Page. Zeppelin had some good ones. What do you know about Miles Davis? I don't listen. I know who he is. I don't listen to him much. Miles Davis used to roll around. Really? In um in a Lamborghini down here. How long ago were we was talking? A, and it was leopard skin Lamborghini. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. And do you know what, do you know what he looked like? I used to. It's been a long time since I've seen a picture He's crazy of him. looking, Miles Davis. I'm going to look him up right now as you're going. Yeah, he's not exactly like, he's definitely like somebody. Like when you see him, you know it's Miles Davis. And then him having the leopard skin. Um, Is he still alive? Lamborghini. Oh, dude, he's been dead for freaking almost 30 something years. Miles Davis? Yeah, he died in 91. There's no way he died in 91. I swear to you. He used to hang out on the beach. Really? Yeah. Steven Tyler actually used to hang out around South Beach a lot. Dude, you know something crazy about Steven Tyler? My dad, we're going back years ago, actually was in a documentary with him. What kind of documentary? They did a documentary, so they did the uh, the toys that, you know how the motorcyclists, they do that toys in, toys in the run thing every year? Where they go and they get the, the toys for the... Uh for the special needs kids right, and handicapped kids and all that yeah and they all then they'd have like that big caravan of motorcyclists toys for tots and they had, well it was there was another thing it used to be called like toys in the sun run or something like that that they used to do and bruce rossmeyer was the one that started it right well now we're going back to when they first did it and i mean this was like the early 2000s and my dad was actually tight with bruce rossmeyer at the time and um and i guess bruce rossmeyer was also best friends with steven tyler so he came down and they did this documentary about the whole event. It was like a weekend thing. To this day, <laughs> that documentary has never been released. Really? And nobody, and I said to my dad, I said, do you ever know? He goes, we don't even know where it is. He goes, for all we know, it's in a vault somewhere. But my dad was hanging with Steven Tyler for like two days. Really? Yeah. I met him actually too in, at the Hard Rock in 2012. I actually met him. He was cool as hell, man. See, I liked Fort Lauderdale in the old days when rock and roll dudes wanted to, like, hang out here and stuff. Why do you think it changed? Well, everything changed. Everything changed. Rock and roll was real back, you know, in the late 70s, 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So, like, the dudes, you know, they were really into rock and roll. And there was rock and roll places, and lots of people went to listen to rock and roll. And people actually had their car windows down, blaring it. But like to hang out on Fort Lauderdale Beach, like there was real rock and rollers. Like not only just the like you know the regular rock and roll type bands, they used to play at like Button South and. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, they're like lots of them, and they would all hang out on Fort Lauderdale Beach. You go down there now, 
You don't see, you no, don't see rock, nobody. no rock and rollers. You see, <clears throat> you see everybody in like the hip crowd now down on the beach. Like if you want to know what to wear or what's trending. You go down to Fort Lauderdale Beach. Go down to Fort Lauderdale Beach and take a look around. Yeah. Well, remember they had the dollhouse? A yeah. lot of rock bands like do Motley Crue used to go there. I think even Van Halen may have even gone there before too and to, played there. Well, we had the best nightclubs and the best strip joints for the longest time, which is very rock and rollish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what happened? Everything went commercial. Why do you think people got like, because dude, like, I mean, back in the like 70s and 80s and even like the early 90s, like rock and roll was like the biggest thing. Well, it's still the biggest thing, but. But I mean, it was like every, like you said, like there was actually like rock and roll bars that you went to. Rock and roll was real back then. There was real rock and roll people. Kids <clears throat> would like have rock and roll bands in their garage and, garages and stuff and they would play. Yeah. And rehearse and like, you know. But like girls like used to be really into it too. And not a lot of girls I know now my age that are into rock and roll. Your age? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that used to actually be like cool. You go to a rock concert with a girl. Like when you don't hear that happening now no more. Dude, you guys your age is like totally screwed up. Like your age is listening to rock and roll, which was an eighties thing and a seventies thing. And you go to like these millennial places, these breweries and stuff. And they don't have, like, pictures of the new dude up. They get pictures of the old dudes up. Like, what the hell do you millennials know about Jimi Hendrix or the guys from The Doors or anything like that? But you go into, like, these millennial-style breweries and stuff, and those freaking portraits are up as big as balls. And they have no idea who they are. <laughs> they think they know who they are. Well, what's that one bar over here, the um, 27 bar? Right. And they've got Hendrix. They got all of Janis them Janis Joplin. Right. Um, who was the other one from the doors? Dude, Jim every, Morrison. Everybody they have up on the wall is over 60 years old. Every single one. Well, they're all dead. <laughs> well, they're all dead, but there's no new rock and roll guys. There's Greta Van Fleet. You heard of them? No. You never heard of Greta Van Fleet? How new are they? Uh, they came out maybe two, three years ago. Yeah, I don't know them. They actually sound, they sound a lot like Zeppelin. Like a lot. Like that's probably the closest I've heard to real rock and roll in years. Are they, are they on tour? They were. They actually came down here, I think, last year too. And who did they play with? I think it was just them. If there was an opening act, it was like a nobody. How many people showed up? I have no idea. Ask like Lamont about them. He was the one that told me about them. I looked him up and I was like, wow. Like, are they selling out stadiums and shit like the Who used to oh, do? Oh, that I don't know. Do you know? You, you, I, I know. You. I know that they're not. Well, probably not like that. Well, dude, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Back in the old days, real rock and roll, Clapton, friggin' uh, the Van Who, Hale, Van, Van Halen, ACDC. Like, they, could, they sell out, you know, huge auditoriums and stadiums. They'd have stadium concerts. The Clash. Dude, Dude, the Clash could freaking fill up a stadium over in Germany. The Clash had some some pretty damn good ones. They had the great songs, Clash. That was real rock and roll. What you know about 
I'm talking like punk rock, not like that stuff today. I'm talking to like old school punk rock. I'm talking like Black Flag, Fear, Agent Orange, Roach Motel, Bad Brains, <laughs> freaking what was that of the um, the Dropkick Murphys? We had on Fort Lauderdale Beach back in the '80s. You had the punk rock clubs. I heard about them. My buddy used to go. And the bands. The cool thing, the big difference between punk rock. And rock and roll was your famous punk rockers would play in these little tiny places. Yeah. They were like big in the punk rock world. Right. But they were, I heard that they used to play at like these little bars. Like they weren't selling out stadiums. No, they play in these little bars and um, they're extremely freaking good, but just niche. It was like the punk rock crowd. They had their own look. Yeah. And their own clothes. And when you went in there, you know, you would. Uh, not necessarily fit in if you weren't really punk rockish so what was like the see i heard that like the punk rock look back then was like now again i'm talking like real punk rock i mean i was told it was just you basically looked like you just rolled in off the street didn't really shower clothes were all ripped not exactly not exactly you had different you had different punk looks like there was surf punk surf punk Especially down here on the beaches and stuff, there was a surf punk look. What was the look? Like, typical surf punk look is you would have, like, a purple long-sleeve t-shirt. Okay. With whatever on it. It could be surf stuff. It could be Roach Motel. It could be whatever the, you know, whatever, like a band or something. And then, like, you'd have, like, slacks with, like, weird stripes or polka dots. Polka dots were big. So, like, you'd have slacks with polka dots on them. And that was the surf punk look. Yeah. And um, it was the same. A lot of the same brands, like Quicksilver and stuff, would make these clothes. And um, But there was definitely a surf punk look and surf punk bands. You know what I mean? What about Southern Rock? Southern Fried Rock and Roll? Like Molly Hatchet. Yeah. ZZ Top. Yeah, that's all 80s stuff. That's They were yeah, playing man. down here on the beach. Yeah. They would play down here on the beach. and I, I knew a guy that saw Molly Hatchet when, that, when their first album came out. And they were up on stage. You know, they had, they had three guitarists in Molly Hatchet. About halfway through the show, they go, we're going to bring out a special friend of ours. Friggin' Ted Nugent rolls in there. Right. Now they got four guitarists on the stage. And he said, I mean, mind you, this was like a, like a small club. They weren't playing in no big stadium. They weren't playing at the, um, the place off that used to be off 27. What was that place called again? Off 27? Yeah, that, that stadium that was known down here. You know what I'm talking about. That freaking, it was like the, the traffic getting there was terrible. I can't remember what it was Hollywood called. Hollywood Sportatorium? That's the one. <laughs> yeah, they weren't playing right there. They were like playing at like some little club, and they had freaking Ted Nugent roll in there with them, and they freaking jammed out to like freaking like tw- like one a.m. Like you don't hear about stuff like that no more happening. It's because it don't happen like that no more. <sighs> you guys had a you guys had a good growing up with music, man. We had it a hell of a lot better than y'all did. Hell yeah, man! Even the country music back then was better. Dude, country music's a joke now. The country music thing today is totally weird. Like they have the um 
the country radio station? Yeah. They got like 10 songs on loop. They and it's ten, just over and over and over again, the same 10, 15 songs. They have the same songs on loop. The songs all sound the same. And, and the, the, kids, the 99.9 Kiss Country, that's the one we got down here. They're like obsessed like with Disney World, which has always been really weird to me. Like they're always giving away free passes to Disney World. They're always talking about their trips to Disney World. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just weird to me. I don't know. Is that weird to you? I don't know if I'm just, I don't know. That to me is just kind of weird. Like grown ass freaking people being that excited to go to Disney on a country station. That's something that has to do with radio. Like I haven't even thought about radio in the longest time. And then the other day, freaking, uh, I get called up to get on the radio station. Paul Castronova. Paul Castronova <laughs> show. And they wanted to talk about the sewage issues and stuff. So I get up and I get on the radio and, um, Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yeah, I did a little interview about the sewage issues and all that kind of thing. But that was the first that was the first radio that I listened to in like I mean literally like fucking fifteen years. You don't listen to radio. And much. I'm thinking to myself, who the hell is listening to this at nine o'clock in the morning? It was earlier than that, wasn't it? It was nine o'clock in the morning. And they wanted me to do the radio show at like freaking way earlier and I was like, dudes. I was like, I'll be lucky to make nine. You're usually up at 11, but not functional till one. I think it was 8.40 8.40 they wanted me to get on the call with them. You're like, dude, I just went to bed two hours ago. Right. Right, right. But radio. um, Radio's dying out, I feel like. You think. (laughs) It is. It's just, it's, it's kind of bullshit now on the radio, dude. Dude. I think all the music now is kind of bullshit. There's there's a few good ones here and there, but I'm talking like we're talking like maybe one out of like thirty songs is good. You know when I, you know when I really knew that music was going to shit. When this is like fifteen years ago. Okay. Freshwater Rob gets on my boat. We're gonna go fishing, and he's like, "You ever heard of Jack Johnson?" And I'm like, no. And then uh, Freshwater Rob proceeded to play this Jack Johnson dude the whole time we were fishing. And I thought I was going to fall asleep the whole time. I was going to say, like, it's... It's pretty soft. It's, like, very mellow. It's soft. Something you millennials are can relate to. <laughs> so this Jack Johnson dude, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like I hated the dude or nothing. I mean, his songs were good and stuff. But, man, was it, like... Well, it's very mellow. It's not, like... That's like, I could see you listening to that, was that like when the you're op- coming in. That was like the opposite of frigging the Allman Brothers. Yeah. And he was like really excited about listening to Jack Johnson. I'm like, how the fuck can you get excited about listening to this guy? He's got one song that I like. 
I like no, I like a lot of his songs. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I also like Barry White and Teddy Pendergrass and a whole Dude. bunch of other soft ass dudes. Barry White is phenomenal. Oh duh, but the uh, but you know what I mean. But like Jack Johnson, these fools were like listening to it on their like day trips, like when they're hunting and fishing and going to the beach and. Were they, I'd imagine they were listening to Jack Johnson trying to get laid. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> You're better off listening to Barry White if you're trying to get laid, dude. No. If you're listening to Barry White, you're getting laid. Yeah. <laughs> but on your way to getting laid, rock and roll will work. Yeah. Dance music will work. All that, you know. There's a, you know, there's music that's going to like, you know, get you there. You have but to get I don't the think right, Jack the right Johnson, mindset. I don't think Jack Johnson falls in that category. No. I know some people that are obsessed with him though. Right. Like I said, he's got one song that I like. Well, that's when I knew when music was going to shit. Was when Fresh Rotter Rob was excited to listen to Jack Johnson on a trip. Right. And then other people actually knew who this Jack Johnson guy was. And then I'm like, it's officially over. <laughs> that's not that long ago if you think about it, though. I was expecting you to tell me like in the like mid-90s or late-90s you thought it was over. I mean, we thought it was over, but we didn't have proof until Jack Johnson came out. <laughs> So basically what you're saying is that Jack Johnson killed music. He was, it was kind of like the way the water taxis and the intercoastal work. There was a time when people accepted the water taxis totally ruining the friggin' intercoastal, which is very similar to Jack Johnson. There was a time when people thought, hey, have you heard this? And it's like, you don't really do that. But that's soft-ass music like that. <laughs> For me, there's like certain... Again, it just depends on what the situation is. There's certain artists and songs that I'll listen to to get myself in like the right frame of mind. Like three weeks ago, we went up to um, Clewiston area to scout some land for hog hunting. My hope is that next month we're actually going to go do it. Like when I go up there, I listen to Hank Jr., there's something about his music that puts me in that mindset. You know what I mean? It's, you know how like just certain songs that you can just put you in a certain place when you listen to them? Right. When I'm out there, Hank Jr. <clears throat> you like Hank? Yeah. I think Hank is freaking phenomenal. My favorite Hank Jr. thing was when they kicked him off Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. What was that, like eight years ago? Yeah. He had that badass Monday Night Football jam. Yeah. And then they, oh, my ratty and they kicked him off because he was politically incorrect. Is that what it? Is that what they kicked him off? Something like that. I didn't really follow that. Yeah, they pretty much kicked him off because he was politically incorrect. And then they brought him back. Because they finally realized that, dude, it's, it's okay to have a politically incorrect real artist. I saw him in concert years ago. He put on such a good show, man. Dude, that's like one of the best Dude. people that ever got on stage. And it just amazes me, like my generation, when they talk about country music, like they don't even mention him. How sad is that? Dude, they don't, no, they don't mention him. They don't play. They don't even know who he is. Dude, the country station doesn't even play that kind of music. No. It's just the new like pop Luke, Billy... Luke. Country, Luke, whatever Luke they Brian. Right, the the new guys. They suck. And it's funny, like, 
this is the if you think about it like with rock and roll like they've got like big 1059 is the classic rock but like modern rock there's not really a station for modern rock but then the problem is is i feel like there's not really modern rock like there's not really rock and roll artists that are current anymore you know what i mean like there's no rock bands really coming out nobody's really trying to do that anymore except greta van fleet you got to listen to them dude they're really good you didn't go to the first longer con we had in tampa no, not the first. I went to the second one. So <laughs> we do this huge LonkerCon in Tampa at, at uh, 81 Bay Brewery. And I was pretty much in control and in charge of everything that went on at LonkerCon, except for the entertainment after. <laughs> what happened? As soon as LonkerCon ended, the brewery had... Millennial, like you, um, <laughs> play music. Was it a band or just a dude? It was the sorriest shit I ever seen. It was one dude playing acoustic guitar with another dude that was singing with him. And the songs were like slow and mopey and whiny and... It was the worst music I ever heard in my life. But that was like the new millennial upcoming kid for the Tampa area was playing these jams that totally stunk. What kind of music was it? It was like horrible. It was like Jack Johnson style, except even more... Sorry? Lone wolfish. <laughs> like, dude, I was like... and. It wasn't like debatable whether it was sorry or not because there was 500 people going nuts in that place having a good time and then as soon as the music came on it was like mass exodus <laughs> and now the night was over. So that was the end of LunkerCon. That, that was 2016, wasn't that it? That was I think so. Yeah, that was cuz we did two that year, remember? And Stuart was after that. So it was like the world's worst music and it was all organized and scheduled by a bunch of millennials. See, I, I always try to think of where music went wrong. Definitely went wrong that night. It definitely went wrong that night, it sounded like. But I just feel like like the people of the day that are trying to enter the entertainment industry, I don't know if it's just they lack the creativity. I, just, I don't get it. I just try to wrap my head around where it went wrong and when it went wrong. I think it has to do with those... With Disney and those kitty kitty shows. I would I feel like that could be part of it. Part of it. I think that's a major part of it. Talk elaborate on that. Well, I mean, you know, when you're freaking uh when you got a daughter and she grows up watching Nickelodeon and Disney and all the kitty stuff, they basically train the kids on who's their entertainer. And they started off at a very young age. And then they cram these self-made stars that both do TV shows and music down the kids' throats. And Miley and Cyrus. A whole bunch of them. And I didn't even realize it, but now I'm getting it because Victoria's, you know, she's going to be, uh, what, 14 this year? 
And the the kids that she grew up watching on Nickelodeon and stuff are now music stars. Like touring. Touring and stuff. <laughs> and they're like, oh, do you remember them? She was the one that played in this friggin' TV show. Yeah. Oh, and this person, that was this guy. And now they're friggin' musicians, artists, entertaining the kids. Like, the kids didn't even have a chance. From the day they were born, from the very early TV programming, they were told who was their, their music star, their entertainers. Interesting theory. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, that can't be healthy for the music. It may be healthy for the music industry, considering those are the people that run and control it. Yeah. But it's not exactly like, you know. Mentally. It's not good healthy. for music. So these kids got nothing. Well, how about the fact that there's people my age and older still going to Disney and wearing Mickey ears? That's a whole other thing. That scares me more than anything. What do you mean scares you? It's just like, like it worries me. Worry is different than scared. It worries me. Okay. That at 27, 28 and older, that you and your boyfriend or girlfriend are rolling into Disney, super excited to go, like posting on Instagram when you're going over the arch, wearing matching shirts, matching like Mickey Mouse shirts. And wearing Disney ears. But that's normal. No. no it, it is, but it isn't. It is kind of normal because, like, you got the Mickey Disney people, then you got the Star Wars people, then you got the friggin', I don't know, who else? There's a whole bunch of different well, I love people the into Marvels. I, I was going to say, that's me. I love the Avengers. Right. The Avengers, people into Marvels. And people, you know, they're all into this shit. Dude, they even... Uh, Heck, Chancey will, <laughs> Chancey will dress up as a, as a hero and go catch a Goliath grouper to get his million views on YouTube. Dude, he goes to Disney like every week. <laughs> That's what I mean. He's always posting pictures of him with freaking like Minnie Mouse and shit every like other week. Right. And people are into their stuff nowadays. I mean, you know, I get everybody's got their own thing, but I don't know. With that whole Disney thing, I feel like to me, especially like with the Mickey ears and everything, it's like... I feel like that's not healthy. What do you mean healthy? I don't know. It's just to me it's not healthy because it, it creates unrealistic expectations for people. Socially unhealthy. Socially unhealthy. You know what I mean? Like when you guys were growing up, I mean, was Disney even a thing? Oh, yeah. Disney was a thing. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like Disney World, like going to Disney World and stuff like that. Like Disney's old movies, like it's it's very different from their movies now. Like if you look at like their older movies, like dude, some of their live actions, like Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. But going to Disney years ago was like at most an annual event. Like once, maybe maybe twice a year. Once a year, maybe once a year, maybe once maybe year. once a year. And you would you would save up, and it was a big thing to go to Disney, and you would travel across the world to get there. Yeah. Now, people are frequently frequenting Disney every weekend. Close to it. I have a lot of friends that have those Disney annual passes. Dude, people with Disney annual passes remind me of vegans where you don't even ask. They just like find a way to like let you know that they're vegan. People will find a way to let you know that they are a Disney annual pass holder. <laughs> I swear to you. 
And if the millennials that are listening to our podcast can probably attest to that, too. How many people that have the annual pass also have the Mickey watch? <sighs> I've seen a lot of them have it. Right. A lot. It's like it comes with it, too. And the Mickey watch is the segue <laughs> to letting people know that you have the annual yes. pass. Yes. And then there's a bumper sticker, too. There is actually a bumper sticker, a Mickey bumper sticker that says annual pass holder. Get out of here. I swear to you. That's pretty good. I swear to you. It's like, so there's you between the watch, the bumper sticker. I mean, like, they usually put it in, like, their Instagram bios, too, that they're Disney annual pass holders. Like, you will know when somebody is a Disney annual pass holder. Whether you like Disney or not, or whether you're an annual pass holder or not, I will recommend one thing. What? Buy the stock. Yeah. You know that you know what said that they, you don't hear them playing rock and roll at Disney either. When you go to like the park, no, not, we just went not. over this. Disney's is freaking one of the main reasons to crush rock and roll with these freaking teeny bopper, self-made freaking kids, rock stars. No, they're, they're like pop stars, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, but they were like, yeah, they were fabricated, and then the kids were told who to listen to. So of course, Disney's not into rock. Plus. Unless you're produced by them, why in the world would they be in you? They have their own audience. They can basically tell people who they're going to listen to and where they're going to spend their money. And that's what I mean. You just buy the stock in Disney. Uh, have you bought stock at Disney? No. Have you thought about it? Yeah. Now you got me thinking about it. Well, now, like, I'm one of the, like, when I pick my stocks, I'm always like, well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to buy this thing right. And then stocks like Disney. They never get to that. they never get to that point. They never really crash or anything. So Damn. that's kind of like you know, I don't know, like mind torture a little bit. But yeah, the really like good stocks like Disney, it's hard to get them things on the on the low. So you just got to buy, especially at your age. So basically, but I tell you, so this this podcast is good because I learned oh boy a lot of stuff. <laughs> Basically, Disney killed rock and roll. Right. <laughs> Disney killed rock and roll. Right. Jack Johnson killed music. He, well, he was he was he was the um, he was the symbol of the Turning Stone when music died. He was the symbol. Peter Frampton used to go to your bar. Unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. <laughs> right. So what was he? he was short, fat, and bald. Right. Right. And buy stock. And Disney. And Disney. <laughs> yeah. Dude, where else, what other podcasts do you get this kind of, you can't, you can't get this information just anywhere, dude. You, you know get, what I mean? You can get it on the Salt Strong podcast. No. They're not, they're not rolling podcasts talking about rock and roll. No, they're talking, they're going to, they get, no. You... <laughs> they're not. And they're not talking about, they're not, they're not talking about how Disney killed rock and roll either. Like those guys strike me as annual pass holders. They might be annual they pass holders. They might be annual pass holders, dude. Joe probably is an annual pass holder because he's got two kids. Yeah. And that's what you do nowadays. Dude, I, if, you, if you guys are, if any of you guys listening to this are Disney annual pass holders or know people that are Disney annual pass holders, let us know. Let us know. We'd love to see your Disney annual pass. <laughs> what do you mean, let us know? <laughs> 
It's like we, it's not like it's not like there's like a, a like if it's really happening out there. We know that these people are sporting the piss out of their annual passes for Disney. I have a feeling this is going to become a thing now. What? That like all of a sudden we're going to start seeing posts on like Facebook and everything of like people like sporting their annual passes or taking pictures of the back of cars that have annual passes on it. Dude, the pass thing has gotten so crazy that you can't even sport like an annual pass now. You got to have like the super duper fast pass. Like annual pass only gets you in. Oh, yeah, they have different levels. Right. You got different levels of passes that actually, you know, will get you where you don't have to wait in line. Like my kid. Every time she goes to one of these friggin' uh, theme parks, and the last one we went to was uh, Dolly, Dolly, uh, Dollywood, Dollywood. They were sporting the piss out of their Fast Pass badges. You have Fast Pass badges for Dollywood, dude. My old lady and my kid—they got Fast Pass badges for friggin' BurgerFi. They got Fast Passes for everything. <laughs> and anybody that is somebody. Has them. And I kind of feel bad. For the people that don't? Kind of. You feel like they're kind of like falling behind? Well, I think it's a financial thing. And like, you That's know, like a way to support your wealth. Like, Well, if your parents are, or something like got a, a ton of dough, you're getting the fast pass. If your parents don't have a ton of dough, but you have the annual pass, that's where I start to get like, feel a little bad. You think that Mike Lambrix has a Disney annual pass? I think I think Lambrix gets goes Disney for free for, because his because his girlfriend's Miss Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I can see that. I think they just oh Miss Fort Lauderdale right to the front. Yeah, I can see it. That's awesome. Now he doesn't have to worry about buying one. They're not cheap either, dude. Like people people are spending like like serious freaking money. Yeah, like five hundred, six hundred. But I think that there's like a really top tier one that's like almost a thousand dollars for Disney. Dude, I think I think there's higher tiers than that. No, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> is, I, this is Disney at the point like Vegas is, like the Vegas casinos, where they just start comping Disney goers. <laughs> comping, like, yeah, because like in in Vegas. Like if you're if if you're fool enough to go to Vegas a lot and then like blow a bunch of dough in the casino, like they know that they're like, oh, this guy's an idiot. He's gonna come over here and he's gonna blow four or five grand. So um, let's maybe get him a round of drinks. Oh the no, house. they give you the drinks right away. Everybody gets that if yeah. you're in the casino. They get they 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 make sure you get the free drinks. But there's dudes who go to the casinos to blow like a lot of money, and then they get home. And then, like, two weeks later, the casino will send them full package. Really? Total comp. Everything. Oh, Disney won't do that. Disney's too greedy. Yeah, no, it's not It's not that they're not greedy. It's that they're smart enough to know that if they bring that dude back, that he's dumb enough to Just get back in the casino and spend a whole bunch spend of dough again. five grand again. So it's like, you know, it's like a thing. And I, I, I would be willing to bet that Disney comps certain customers. You think you'd ever see any of the old rock stars like rolling around Disney? Of course. Like you think like Frampton is like somewhere in Disney right now, like today, sitting in, like he's sitting in a corner by himself drinking or something. No, they don't let you drink in Disney. Well, no, not like alcohol, but just like I don't know, like a Dole Whip. <laughs> I don't think so. 
I don't think those dudes are like hanging out. You think that they would be welcomed if they actually showed up to Disney? Of course, they get cash. <laughs> Anybody that's got cash is welcomed. <laughs> it's true. It's true. If you got a lot of dough, then you automatically are welcomed at Disney. I have a feeling that we're going to start seeing a lot of Disney annual passes on Facebook pretty soon. This is going to happen. And there's going to be like a battle of like the bump, like the, like the stickers, the run that dog sticker and the Disney annual pass. I'm sure if you, I'm sure if you search, I'm sure there's already groups and everything all on Facebook with people that are sporting the piss out of their Disney passes. (laughs) There is. I'm sure there is. I know for a fact on Instagram and everything. There is. Are you jealous? Not in the slightest, dude. Are you like one of the people that are on the outside looking in? You're like, man, my mom never had passes like that for me. I never did. You know, you know what's funny, dude? I haven't been to Disney in probably 12 years. Probably not since high school. All right. Has Disney gotten to the point where the parents are big Disney freaks? And they drag the kids with them, and their kids are basically like, oh, man, we got to go to Disney again? Dude, that's how my mom is. Did she do that to you? Yep, and still tries to do it to me. And after uh, about 12 years ago, I finally said no more. But she still tries even today? Yep. What'd she say? She's like tries to entice you to go to Disney World. Yeah, with her? like she's like like I will tell you this. So Epcot, which is like probably the only like cool park that they have over there, because it's not like Kitty, like Magic Kingdom. They do this thing. Well, once they let a, you drink Epcot. Well, yeah. So they have this thing every year called the Wine and Food Festival. I'm right. sure you've heard of it. Right. It's supposed to actually be pretty cool, and I love my food. I don't drink, so I mean they can keep the wine. But you know, she always tries to get me to go to that. I'm not gonna lie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind going to that one day, but I don't know. I just my mom's like really into it, and like she wears like the Minnie Mouse shirt, and sometimes she'll wear like the Disney hat and everything. And I just, I don't know. It's kind of weird to me rolling around there with my mom while she's dressed like that. I think you. I think you ought to save some cash up, and then for Christmas next year, buy your mom that special pass. Which one? The Magdaddy one? The good one. The one where you don't have to wait or nothing. You roll up and you're freaking get treated like a rock star. <laughs> well. I got to see. <sighs> what? It's not a bad idea. It's a good gift for her. She usually buys the annual pass every year though anyway. She already buys the annual pass. Does she sport the annual pass? Dude, she got the sticker on the back of her car. I'm not even joking either. She got the sticker on the back of her car. So you learned a lot of this Disney from stuff my from mom. your mom. <laughs> from my mom. And you've met my mom. Does she strike you as like a Disney lover? No. Not from the outside looking in, but I could see her like I could see her like walking around Disney like you like holding her hand. Oh my god. And then her like buying you the cotton candy. <laughs> when like fifteen years ago? Well, no, I can see you're doing it now. Oh, my gosh. And you're just like, you know, you just like have to shave real good that day so you don't look too weird. You know, so you like. So look, I don't look too old. Right. So you don't look like, you know, look more baby faced and stuff. Speaking of the beard, actually, dude, I've been I've been frequenting uh, Mankind, the barbershop. 
<laughs> yeah, how's that working I've out for you? I've been frequenting Mankind for my beard. Now, Mankind, for for the people that don't know, this that's one of them fancy barber shops where you can do like a really cool mustache, where they sell a whole bunch of product for men. They shine shoes there even, they, too. They shine your shoes. They trim your beard up. You could do a hot shave with like a straight razor blade. They got all of that there. It's like an old school looking like barber shop. So you go into Mankind, and do they know you in there? Uh... We're at a point where they do now. They know you. Okay. Yeah. And do they recognize your Italianism? I don't know. I don't really sport it. Well, then they're not recognizing it. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm i going to call those guys up. You know, I'm pretty good friends with those dudes. They're great dudes. They're nice. Jimmy. Right. You know Alfie? Yeah. Alfie's cool. He's the one that always trims my beard. But I've actually been like trying to like, care for my beard now. You know and, what I mean, like. And since you've been going to that new fancy barber shop, do you feel like does you feel like you're accomplishing beardism, better beardness? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I do. Dude, I'll be honest. I do. I do. <laughs> well, no. Before I just used to just let it grow, and it just it looked all kind of just like a mess. I didn't really take care of it, and. And like now, I'll actually get like a compliment, like, "Hey, keep the beard." You know what I mean? All right, and that barbershop. <clears throat> how many people are in the working in that barbershop? It's a pretty big place, right? It's decent sized. How yeah. Many, how many people are working in there? In the front. Just you know, there's probably like five of them. Five. Yeah. Half, half dozen or whatever. Yeah, five or six. Are they? Do they all wear black and white? For the most part, yeah. What's up with that? Black and white in a barbershop. Yeah. Why does, like, everybody, like, nobody rolls into, like, the barbershop, and there's the guy that takes care of the weird beard and all that in Tommy Bahama. You or, mean like, like a button-down Hawaiian t-shirt, basically. Or anything colorful. It's Everything's always black and white, and then um, not formal, but semi-formal. Yeah. Like, like, look at how Jimmy dresses. Right. Like, Jimmy will have on, like, the, the button-up shirt. And like a vest, a over vest, that. a tie, yep, and then jeans and sneakers, yeah, <laughs> right. And he'll have like a bow tie too, right? Like it's old school in that barber shop. How does that work? I think it's all part of an image. Is that the barber shop image? That's like the barber shop image. Like if you see somebody suddenly walk into like Southport Raw Bar where we were just at, like dressed like that, like you can look at him and be like, he must work at a barber shop. You know what I mean? Is there a difference between the barbershop look and hipster? It's similar, but... It is similar, especially when they get creative with the facial hair. Like, I've seen, like, hipster dudes that have, like, the handlebar mustache. And, like, Jimmy, like, told me, like, a few weeks ago that he used to have, like, not just the handlebar mustache to where it actually curled and it was like a spiral. Like, he actually told me he used to have one of those, like, way back in the day. (laughs) I could see Jimmy, like, with that, too. <clears throat> and Jimmy's cool though, dude. Jimmy's cool as shit, dude. If you're like um, a grade A barber like Jimmy, the chances of you not being cool are far and few between, dude. Any and like that was the, like when I started going to Mankind. Like that was the first time I'd ever had somebody use like one of those straight old school razor blades on me. Right. I'm not gonna lie. I was like terrified of that thing at first. It's scary when they freaking put that up by your neck and start. Sh- and they and they do it quick too, or you're kind of just like, oh my gosh, like if that thing slips, you know, he freaking slid at my jugular. You know what I mean? But you know he's good when he's able to that quickly just 
That's when you know he's good. Dude, he's a pro. You've been doing it long enough, dude. And how much how much do they whack you for um, getting your beard friggin' trimmed up and cleaned up? So he does my beard, he does my neck, and he does the back of my um, the back of my neck. He charged me twenty bucks. That's reasonable. So he does like a whole thing. So I'm okay with that, and I usually go like once every two weeks. But the biggest thing though that I thought was interesting that I learned from there, and uh, Jimmy was the one that actually had told me this advice. He said the biggest thing, he goes, what you need to do, he goes, in the morning and at night, he goes, comb your beard. <laughs> so like you, get out, like you get out of the shower, I comb my beard. And it makes a difference, believe it or not. And I never really thought about that before either. What do you mean it makes a difference? What's it do? Well, before, like my, my, my beard would be all like scraggly all over the place. And it's just, but when I comb it, he's like, when you comb it like that, you're training the hair to go more down as opposed to out. You know, so it doesn't look like I have like uh what's that stuff called? <laughs> well, uh, Velcro on my face. <laughs> so you, you comb it. And then that gets it like Yeah. It actually make I couldn't believe it either. I, it actually makes a difference. So for those of you with beards, comb your beard in the morning and at night when you get out of the shower. Are they um is there a lot of sports talk going on at the barbershop? Surprisingly, no. What are they talking about nowadays in the barbershop? They're actually usually talking about other barbershops. So you're doing barbershop talk at the barbershop? At barber the barbershop. Dude, Alfie told me last time that so Mankind has another location down in Miami. He said that apparently they were shutting the place down for the day because some dude actually was having his birthday at Mankind. At the barbershop. At, so somebody was having their birthday at the barbershop. <laughs> and, every, and part of the activities is everybody was going to get, like, hot shaves. Do you know this barbershop fad actually started in the, in the black community? Really? You know that? No. Well, I mean, I guess the movie Barbershop. I mean, you know. I mean, like, way before that. When I was in high school... One of the guys that I played football with would have me bring him to the barbershop. And the first time in my life, <clears throat> I actually walked into the barbershop and they were like, hey, Walter, what's up, dude? And that was my friend, Walter. And then they introduced me. And then we hung out and we laughed and we bullshitted and homeboy got his hair cut. And then he had his little bit of product that he left with. And it was like everybody knew each other at that barbershop. And, you know, people hung out and they bullshit and they, it was like a social event. And that was the first time ever that I'd been to a barbershop that was like that. And then I found out that in the black communities that that's kind of normal. Oh, like, yeah. My uh, buddy Alex does that all the time. Right. They hang out at the barbershop. Yeah, they, they're they talk friendly. sports. Right. Right. So then these, you know, these the people that take care of the beardos, like Mankind and all these, like, hipster-style barbershops kind of um, took it from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Except it's different now because they're not talking about sports and that kind of thing. It's more like of a, a barbershop talk <laughs> and hipster stuff. Well, it almost kind of reminds me of like, like you see the, the old salons where the women would sit under those things 
that would go over their heads. Right. And like they would all gossip and talk about like the, the, the gossip of the local town. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. <laughs> but they were like, like I was kind of listening and they're just like, they're all just like talking about other barbershops. So that made me wonder, like, is there like competition between other barbershops? Like, yeah, I think the competition is fierce. I mean, like, shoot, dude, like, like that's serious, like, barbershop rivalry. Well, between the men, the millennials, the homosexuals, and the um, hipsters. Barbershops have never been more popular than they are right now. So, like, let me ask you: Is it like cool? And the metro, be, metrosexuals. Is it cool to hang out at the barbershop? Yeah, it's cool to hang out at the barbershop. Yeah, I mean, it's getting a little bit more Disney-ish. Well, that's what I'm asking. It's like, like I know people that frequent the barbershop, like, like not even really like to get anything done. They just kind of frequent the barbershop. That's where they like to hang. Yeah, like it all of a sudden became cool to like just hang at the barbershop. You know when that happened? When when. The, when when the line was drawn, when it was cool. When? When you started being able to get beers and stuff at barbershops. Beards. Beers. Oh, beers. So whiskey. Dude, you know that Mankind served beer. Right. Mankind actually has a, like a fully loaded bar behind the counter. Right. If I drank, that'd be cool as hell. It's still cool as hell, but just... The only time barbershops ever had alcoholic beverages in it, until the modern day, like fancy barber shop that takes care of beardos like you <laughs> was prohibition <laughs> like back in when they had prohibition i think you could go and get a you could sneak in a drink at the barber shop so that's where best why people started going to barber shop well no i think it because they want because they wanted to get their beer <laughs> no but the, nowadays the, people drink and like hang out at barber shops that was the turning point like it went from somewhere Somewhere between 1985 and now, and went from supercuts, where you could roll in there in like 15 minutes, and for 10 bucks get your hair cut, and then you were gone. You were in and out. It's less than that, I think. Right. I mean, it's like you, seven bucks. They have a special today in today's day and age. Or yeah, back then, you can get like a coupon, and you can actually go to supercuts for seven dollars and get a haircut. See, when supercuts first came out, that was like the bomb. That was like the best idea ever, is that you could show up to a friggin' place, you could pay no money, get in and out of there, and some dude would cut your hair, or a girl would cut your hair, and you were in and out. Now, I think it's the worst idea. Right, now, it's, it's, that's not what it's about. Now, you go to the barbershop, you hang out, you bullshit, you have a drink, you friggin' get to know people. You go down there even when you don't need services to watch other people get their services. Yeah. You leave with lots of product. Yep. I will tell you this about Supercuts, though. I usually go to Supercuts once every three, four months because for whatever reason, Supercuts is the only place that sells the product that I like. I can't find it anywhere else. And what product do you use? It's a, it's a hair gel by uh, Paul Mitchell. I can't find it anywhere else but Supercuts. So usually like every three, four months, when I run out of hair gel, I roll into Supercuts and I buy my hair gel. It's the only hair gel I like. And that's the only place that ever sells it. Did, um, so Mankind, with all the fancy stuff they had in there, they didn't turn you on to any new product? Nothing for your beard? 
You know what's crazy, dude? They don't even have product for the beard. How messed up is that? I just assume. They I have assume. Pro- they have product for beard. I asked Alfie, and he said he had nothing. Maybe got, I should have asked Jimmy. They get like beard wax or something. Well, see, now that's when people start to get a little in, like too into their beards, though. Because I do believe there is a thing of being too into your beard. Oh, you think? Yes. I know. And it's like... Like, you could look at somebody and just be like, that person is super proud of their beard and spends way too much time on their beard. And they've got all, there's actually a product called Beard Butter. Have you ever heard of that? I never heard of it, but I figured there was a product like that. It's called Beard Butter, and it softens, it's almost like a conditioner for your beard. There's, there's product out there for people that don't have any hair, for bald people. What, on their face or on their head? On their head. Yeah, Rogaine, isn't it? <laughs> I think Rogaine brings your hair back. Yeah. I'm talking about people that want to be bar- bald, that are sporting their baldness. <laughs> and then they have... Um, you ever see people that... They have products called, like... Um, a friend of mine started a product called Bald Head Shine. Yeah, they ha- there's a thing where, with people that are bald, they like to have their heads really shiny. Right. That's soft like a thing. And, soft and shiny. And then there's this, yes. there's this product that they sell you. Really? Yeah. Does it work? I don't know. I never tried it, but Do people you know buy it. Has? Yeah, bald people. Bald people sport the piss out of their bald head shine. What about the beard? What about so what about what about people that try to grow beards, but they have like two little patches on each side, and that's all that they can grow, but they still try to like say that they have a beard. What are your thoughts on that? You got what you got. You know, you, you can't really do much, you know, if you, if you don't have like a full beard, like a Mediterranean, you know, beard like yours, you know, you got what you got. You got to sport what you got. Like a lot of the Southern, a lot of the Southern like redneck style guys have that patchy beard. I feel like a lot of it's them generational. Have like, I feel like more of them have like almost like that Duck Dynasty beard. Well, they end up doing the Duck Dynasty Duck Dynasty beard to overcompensate from their thinness. You think that's what it is? Eh, part of it. Certain people, but you know, you got what you got. You, you know, your DNA is going to dictate how you know bushy your beard's going to be. I thought I always thought it was kind of interesting that you and I, because you and I have similar beards. Um, and Italians are not real. I don't know if you know this, but Italians apparently were not, are not known for their facial hair. Did you know that? I never really thought about it, but yeah, I, I, I'd... like if you look at like, like, look at like you watch the Godfather, right? Everybody's shaving. Everybody's shaving. They don't have stashes hardly. And if they do, it's like thin. Like remember like freaking, um, Don Corleone <laughs> in the first Godfather, he had that very, very thin mustache. That was all he had. Right. And then aside from that, he was clean shaven. Same with freaking with Mikey and Sonny and Fredo. They all were clean shaven. I think Italians are more vain than most people, especially Italian men. Like too vain to have a beard? I think they're like crazy vain. I think they're like, it's like. Or do you think maybe that was a generational thing back then where it was just. No, I think I think I think I think real Italian people are way caught up in fashion and style, like metrosexuals, just in general. Like definitely, Italians are caught up in it way more than say, um, 
I don't know. Irish? Well, definitely more than Irish. The Irish are known for their beards. But, like, the difference between the outlook on style and fashion from a Ita- from Italian dude compared to, like, an Armenian? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, huge difference. Like, if you look at, like, the Italian dudes, like, again, I go back to the Godfather. So they're clean-shaven. Right. And they were always in suits. Right. You notice that? They were always in suits. Dry cleaning used to be a big deal. You know, I still go to the dry cleaners. Dude, is there any place that you don't go? You go to the freaking beard dude. You go to the chiropractor guy. You go to the freaking... What did you just say? The dry cleaner. The dry cleaner dude. I mean, you quit going so many places. Well, dude, well, I only go there for when I have to, like, if we have to do, like, a business trip for my suit. Because I've tried ironing, and I just can't iron. And I've grown to accept that. So I roll on down there on, seven, on 17th Street at the dry, uh, dry Clean USA over there, right next to Doughboys. Right. And he charges me, like, 12 bucks, 15 bucks to dry clean my whole suit. I mean, by the whole suit, I mean just the pants and the the blazer. <laughs> so, and he has it done the next day, and he does a great job. Twelve bucks. Twelve bucks. Fifteen if I ask for the shirt too. <laughs> I got you thr- just own dry cleaners. I got thrown out of my dry cleaner. What do you mean? I got thrown out. The one that you owned? No, I can get thrown out of my own dry cleaning business. I got thrown out of... I haven't had been in the dry cleaning business in 30 years, Busaka. That was the first thing I ever did. I know. Then was, like, was the bar. I was like freaking 19 when I got in the dry cleaning business. But... I brought all my buffs in to get dry cleaned. Your what? My buffs. Are you serious? Yeah. You, you owned buffs. I brought my buffs in to get dry cleaned. Because I was getting ready to go on like this crazy stretch where I was going to fish like 20 days in a row. So I figured I'd probably going to need two or three buffs. And the guy didn't know how to charge me for them. Because they weren't used to doing them. Right. So I says, just charge me like it was a tie. You know, like lots of people get their ties dry cleaned. And then the guy was like, wanted to charge me like $4.50 for each buff. And I thought that was like totally out of line considering I got them all for free. So what were you thinking, like two bucks would have been reasonable? I'm thinking that they should have took like a half a dozen buffs and, I don't know, maybe took a ten spot for the half dozen. And then I could come back and get them and, you know, on the scheduled day and all that bullshit. Now, how did that, I was going to say, now how did it work back then? Because like now I get a text when my dry cleaning is done. Right. How was it back then? Was it just they told you, okay, this is the day you're going to come pick it up and it's going to be ready? Yeah. Everything was it was manual. So freaking, if you brought it in on on uh, Monday, the fastest you could get your dry cleaning back would be Wednesday. When was the last time you went to a dry cleaner's? I told you, just about three Third. three years ago when they freaking threw me out because of the bus. No. You know, Rufus actually remember was saying he goes to the dry cleaners a lot too. Well, he's loaded. He takes like all you. his clothes. Yeah, not loaded. He takes like all his clothes. He said to the dry cleaners, that adds up. <laughs> Dude, he's got that kind of cash to throw around. Jesus. I only go there for my suit, but I tell you what, he does a great job over there, dude. Do you think Rufus combs his beard? 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts like product on it. I think he's a beard comber. I think, yeah, because he looks like like you look at him, you could tell like he looks like he's somebody that's proud of his beard. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he sports his beard when he goes out. He's definitely sporting his beard. He is. Flick flip palette. Flip sports his beard. Dude, you're fixated. You're totally friggin' fixated on this flip palette guy. I think him. Can and we Ho- just do one podcast without you bringing up the old man? <laughs> Would I mean, you I rather like, me bring up Sosin? Anybody. I mean, dude, this Flip dude, you're like Flip crazy all the time. But this Dude, I haven't talked about Flip in weeks. Dude, you haven't done a podcast in weeks. Exactly. Listen to the last podcast. I guarantee you brought him up. Maybe. You're like <laughs> Flip happy. Well, we could talk about Jose for a little bit. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> all right, we're going to end the podcast now because now you want to talk about the same old shit. Flip and Jose. <laughs> How many They're times, like the dynamic duo. How many times are you going to bring these guys? <laughs> They're like you and me, just older. They're not like you and me. No, they're not. They're not. They're, well, Flo was going to say Flip was Flip is um, oh. Lithuanian, apparently, and then Jose was Cuban. What the hell's that got to do with anything? Well, you and I aren't Lithuanian and Cuban. Are you race baiting? No. I think you're race baiting. No, I am not. I would never. Anyway. Should we end the podcast? Yeah, because it's getting like totally crazy. Like every time you bring up the same old shit, then we got to end the podcast. Oh my god, we can keep going if you want. I would love to, but you're bringing up old stuff now. We could talk about, but we're talking about barbershops, the dry cleaners. What's another place that we've gone to? I think I'm gonna edit out the whole last five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in to Captain Jeff and the Shepherd Stephen Busaka today, and um, thanks for being on the Real Guy Podcast. And um, normally I'd ask for, like, you guys to rate the podcast, but you guys could skip it this week. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This is actually an impressive podcast we just did. Like, dude, like, we went from we're talking about, like, chiropractors to rock and roll to Disney to barbershops to dry cleaners. All the pertinent information, all the best information all you get right here on the Real Guy Podcast. podcast. <laughs> Run, Run that, that dog. dog. <laughs>